Hi guys, welcome back to A Different Life Story, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host Stefan Neff. It is bizarre today because I'm, I've had already in the, in the pre-talk with my guest today, I've had such a good time that we talked and talked and talked and suddenly I realized, hell, we actually haven't started this interview. And I thought, and you know, immediately I started beating myself up in my mind and then I thought, Hang on, that was exactly what we just talked about is all those negative emotions and weird things that we in our minds do. So therefore, I bring on Nancy Barrows, uh, who I uh, immediately felt this link. And it's just scary. She's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person who not long ago learned to tell her story. And it was only really a few months ago that you told your story for the very first time. And this story is so important to tell. Me too incest is the French slogan that unfortunately rattled the cages of many, many French households. That was one of the last taboos as it was described in the French who are renowned for an open love life and open whatever, everything. Um, that was something that was never talked about, yet it is such an issue, incest and, and sexual abuse, uh, which so often happens within extended families or within people that come newly into a family such as a stepdad, etc. It is something that is painful. And from the word go, if you are listening to this because you in your in your in your life are suffering from this right now, then please keep listening because we will also talk about ways that potentially you can get out of your system now with the quarantine, etc. So that is important. But our main message to you right now, if you have to switch off for some reason, is get out and seek the help. Speak up. This is not, not a taboo. On the contrary, we will talk about that in depth here. If we could just all create an environment in which we can be open and honest, where we speak about our sexuality and those things that maybe are not okay. How beautiful would that be? There would be no more room for perpetrators. But that's something that we will explore. So Nancy, I've given you a long introduction here, but I thought I'd bring all that out to, to highlight what this is about. There will be triggering, triggering moments there for some of the, the viewers and listeners. And we are here to make this world a better place. And for that, Nancy, I commend you. And I'm so grateful that you're on my show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. I'm grateful for people like you who create this space. Um, you know, people are uncomfortable with this topic. And it's interesting you say like the French are open about their love lives and sex and all that stuff. And the reality is people are like, well, why is this so taboo? We are uncomfortable talking about quote unquote normal sex. You want to start talking about things that happen, you know, that are truly un uncomfortable isn't the world. It's like, you know, stomach turning um, happening, but you can't, we can't even talk about, you know, 
sex at all. So yeah, there's a huge barrier there that starts before we can even have this conversation. However, I'm impatient. So I'm not waiting for that conversation to start. I'm jumping right into my story. I'm putting it out there because (laughs) you are not alone. If you're going through this, you're not alone. Unfortunately, the statistics, and I'm not even going to say them, but are staggering. And those are the people who, when asked, are willing to say that's what happened. Um, People think they don't know anyone. And I am sitting here telling you, you do. You just don't know you do. Because I was a friend to a lot of people who had no idea what was going on and would have said the same exact thing. Um, So, yeah, my thing, like you said, is my trauma started when I was 16 years old and I'm 48 years old now. And there's been no change in all of those years. None. No, no room for the needle to move at all. And what the reality is, is if we were teaching our children about their bodies and boundaries and what doesn't feel good to you, it's not about anyone else. It's what does not feel good to you. And as adults, we were creating a space that was accepting and loving and, mm-hmm. and you know, nurturing and, and we honor when someone comes to us we've eradicated the disease. We are literally holding on to a cure that no one wants to use because they're too uncomfortable. It blows my mind. And so, yes, I just started doing this three months ago. I did talk about my story with people in my world, my immediate world who I knew before that for a long time, but I just came public. And I love that you gave a trigger warning and I like to do that as well. So I'm gonna share a bit of my story instead of talking in vague terms. So, uh, for everyone listening, thank you, first of all, for showing up and, and being willing to sit in this discomfort um, with us as we have this conversation. But I, I, I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to talk about something that you may not have had a conversation about. And so receive it however you receive it. You may feel disgusted. You may feel anxious. You may feel, you know, I don't know, curious. That's fine. That is totally fine. I have felt all of those things in the course of my lifetime living with this. Um, so just know that whatever comes up with you is is perfectly fine. And even though I'm not face to face with you, I'm not insulted. Mm. You know, you're, you're, how you receive it is about you, not me. So, um, so we'll just jump right into the short version. I was sexually abused by my grandfather until I was 16 years old. And at 16, this secret that I had been hiding as if my life depended on it, came out. It was completely out of my control. A mandated reporter reported it to the authorities and there it was. It was the word I used consistently, it was unleashed. It was unleashed on everyone. So this thing that I had that was only hurting me now was like decimating, you know, my, my mom, my dad, my brother, my people around me um, were suffering. And that was really hard. My 16 year old brain felt like I was the cause of that. You know, lots of therapy later, I understand that I was just, just one piece of the puzzle and certainly not the causative piece. Um, So uh, that happened. And then pretty soon afterwards, I became anorexic. It started with really particular eating and then restrictive eating and then not eating. And looking back now, I understand that it was about control. I had just lost control of this thing that made my life livable. Um, It was about wanting to disappear. I thankfully never had true suicidal ideation, but there were many nights that I would go to bed thinking, okay, universe, if somebody's going to get a terminal diagnosis tomorrow, give it to me, give it to me and let that person go live. If they're a loving life, let them go live their life and give it to me because I didn't see a different way of being in the world. I had zero hope for its change. 
I thought that I was damaged beyond repair, you know, broken beyond ever getting back to being whole. Um, so I was anorexic for many years. And then when I was 20 years old, I confronted my grandfather and, um, you know, that, that in of itself is a whole story, but he admitted to one thing and one thing only, but it wasn't something that I remembered. And that was really like oh, in the stomach. Cause all of a sudden here I am, you know, I, I known since 16, I've been going to therapy, I've been working on it. And I find out there's this whole lot of shit that I don't know that's in there somewhere. And it's like, well, how much don't I know? How much do I need to know to be able to heal this? Like there were so many questions that really came up for me that were not weighty, but just it was like being buried under a ton of bricks. It, it was not ready for it at all. And then the other piece of it was, well, okay, great. I have somebody who's taking responsibility. It's your fault but I'm still stuck with all the shit. I didn't get to hand you my crap and walk away. You know, the, the sense of unfairness. I was angry. I was really angry. Um, but all of this precipitated my first major depressive episode. And I've had several of them um, over the course of my life. And I would say, having gone through my abuse, having gone through an eating disorder, I would have thought those things, like I said, were going to be with me in a, in a painful, life-altering, negatively way my entire life. And it's funny to me that the thing that I struggle with every day is my depression. Not this huge, horrible, big, bad, secret, terrible thing that happened to me. Just, you know, regulating my mood. And I shouldn't say just regulating my mood, you know, being able to get through my day, whatever pieces or parts that come up of my depression in that day. So that's to me, gosh, I, I healed from that. So if you're out there and you're experiencing this, I would have hated me. When I was in the middle of the journey, I would have, I mean, here she is, she's, oh, she's not happy and bubbly and everything's great. Life is fantastic. And, you know, life is a beautiful thing. And when you're in the ugly of it, it's not something you connect to. Um, at least I didn't. So the other reason I am telling my story, not only to get this out there so that we can eliminate, you know, people who from ever being victimized again, but also to talk about the middle ugly. That's an uncomfortable place for people to sit. It's a real uncomfortable place to sit. I, I, I say, and this is one of the perfect examples. And if you've been in this situation, we can have a connected conversation without judgment from other people. Of course, it's going to sit with you oddly, but every cell in my body was made to do exactly what it did. My body used its brilliance and there was sexual touch responded with pleasure. The problem was it also was connected to a lot of very negative things at that moment. At that time, it just connected it to things that it had no business being connected to. So yeah, I can have that conversation with someone to say, yeah, at times it was pleasurable. Whereas I know there are people right now that are like, it, it's, it's shocking. Yes, it's a horrible experience, but my body is my body. My body did what it was supposed to do. And my brain did everything it could do to protect me. And I was left with what I was left with to untangle later. So, you know, I always thank that little girl and I have to think of her as a little girl, because if I take my older self and put what I know on her, it's highly unfair. And I am very um, cruel in how I judge her. So I think that little girl for doing everything she knew how to do to survive. I mean, this started very young, four or five years old. So my four or five year old self figured out how to make it through. And I have to thank her and I'm hugely grateful for her. And I get chills every time because she and all the younger versions of myself kept me going so I could get here to this moment 
And this is why I went through what I went through without a doubt. You know, you can say, oh, it's why do you have to go through all of this? And, you know, all that things like, why does it have to happen? Why does it have to be so hard for you to because it had to be. That was the universe plan for me. And I once I created gratitude around all of it, the shit, the suck, the ugly, as well as the other things and took forward with me the tools and the lessons. That's when I became a thriver instead of a survivor. You know, that's where that's where the shift for me, that final place um, allowed me to thrive and, and untangle completely from my past experience. This is such a powerful place to be in, but certainly this is now many, many years later that you found yourself in there. And so many of us have been in the dark and ugly places. And with hindsight, I agree with you. Uh, I just, uh, I ask sometimes more the question, how the hell could I keep going? And obviously there was, there were coping mechanisms that I used to deal with the pain, which again, were not pretty. And, but it is, I, I survived the pain. Luckily down the line, I had people who loved me and supported me and allowed me to see different ways how to deal with the pain. But the pain was still the pain. The pain is still there. Whilst I've learned to deal with the pain and to deal with the emotions that arouse, arose and still arise from things that happened in the past, it is an ongoing daily journey and i love how you pointed that out i love that you that you point out that you're not just the survivor and now i've come out i've told my story that's it everything is fine i'm just fine bullshit yeah exactly yeah right okay and i say about like mental wellness Mm. it's not a a destination that you arrive at and they give you a certificate and you hang it on your wall. Like, woohoo, I'm well, you know, yeah. it's not, it's that daily um, moving forward through what comes up, you know, being connected and mindful, which I lived so outside of my body for so many years because that was my brain's trick. And while my brain was brilliant, it didn't know how to let me feel only the good things. Oh. So everything was gone. You know, I, my memories are third person. Um, I, for so long, I was so disconnected to my body, which is one of the reasons I could be anorexic and be starving and not eat because I didn't feel it. I didn't recognize it. So now, yeah, this wellness, it's on my wall, allegedly, every day. It's not a struggle, but it is a choice. Um, you know, it's a choice to remain positive. It's a choice to use meditation. It's a choice to write my affirmations every morning. It's, it's a choice to acknowledge when things feel shitty and it's a choice to let people help me. It's a choice to stay in bed for the day. Sometimes, you know, that that's, there's mornings I get up, brush my teeth and turn right back around and get in the bed. (laughs) Cause I just know, I just know, and I can't. And it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. You know, and the other thing, my affirmation this morning, I haven't posted it yet to LinkedIn or Facebook or any social media was there's no right or wrong way to be me. There's no right or wrong way to be me. And that's so powerful. That is so powerful to me. Um, like you said earlier, the voice in your head, that inner critic that was telling you, Oh, I didn't do it. I should have done it. 
there's no right or wrong way to be you. There's no right or wrong way to be me. Um, and that's really freeing. And I know for people that's, that's hard. I, it, this has taken years of training and practice and going back to it and walking away from it and coming back to it and you know, pulling my hair out because I hate it and then coming back to it and all the cycles that you go through. But um, it's, those have been really good tools for me as well as sharing. When I share, when I share my story, I receive far more than I'm giving. And that's true about most things. When you give, you receive far more, far more than what you receive. And so, again, I, I'll, I'll talk to people and when I talk to them about what's going on and, you know, it doesn't have to be about abuse, whatever it is, is, you know, the way I look at it is if I don't ask for help, I'm denying someone the opportunity, right? The opportunity to feel the way I feel when I get to help someone else. So if it's someone I care about, why would I want to rob them of that opportunity? If I ask for help, they get to experience that amazing feeling of helping someone you love and what that's about. So I'm a big reframer, you know, all the ways you say things like you give me something and I'll reframe it to the positive. <laughs> that's another one of my, <laughs> come on, let me have it and uh, I can make it sound good, you know? Uh, um, and I joke about it, but it's really important. It's uh, really, really important. And I lived my life like that. I learned how to uh, reframe and rephrase uh, chores, uh, things that, that you don't want to do. But I, I, I just put a different light on it and suddenly it becomes something positive and I want to do it. Uh, that's a, a trick I've learned early on. And it is it's one of the many tools that helps and but it doesn't help all the times does it and i love it that you that you for now don't give yourself permission to go back to bed um i had in the in the last uh month and a bit i had just one thing happening after the other one challenge one problem there was not a day when there was not a new uh, brush fire or sometimes bloody uh, more happening and you think after a while, hang on, 2020 was supposed to be the bad year. So it's 2021. When are you picking up? And are, are you going really down, 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 down before you finally come up? And when will you stop going down? Because it felt like that for the last yeah, month daily. And I went through some dark, dark times then. And it was, um, I love it that you call it depression. I love it that you do that. I somehow don't want to call it depression because it was in direct response to a lot of shit that had happened that my my mood deteriorated and that those things that normally helped didn't help so well anymore um and that's okay and that's that's it is you can't be 100 percent. yes there are there are the moments of gratitude but yesterday i was striving to work i really had to focus i had got up i worked till way after midnight the night before then um at six o'clock got up because i had an interview at six twenty. yeah my guest let me down didn't turn up basically she gave me two hours warning or something like that and i was a bit pissed off there and yeah but then i okay i said fine i'm early to work so I drove to work and i felt i was in this crap mood Urgh. And I said, no, 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 let's do gratitude. I am grateful that no one is shooting at me. There's that I'm in, that I'm in a car, that I've put petrol in. And normally after after five, six sentences, actually, there comes the smile on my face when my brain actually says, 
yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, and I picked myself up. But yesterday, nope, it uh, didn't happen. And I thought, yeah, right. So much for the bloody gratitude. Uh, it was, but it was what it was. I, I, that in its own right, put actually a smile on my face. But by the time, oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's right. So by the time uh, that I reached work, that failure of me to resolve something right. was actually uh, just say, yeah, okay. Somehow that, it is, that is that kind of a day. I accept it. This will be that kind of a day. And actually, you know, what, once I had a mammoth clinic uh, to see patients, it was actually then I was in, in such a weird smooth, fast, efficient, bang, 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 bang. Still cordial, ethical, heartfelt, good interactions with patients. Something I would have not expected whatsoever. So here you go. I guess, why do I say that is, it doesn't work 100% that you learn something, some new techniques that you finally think, wow, I'm the new me. See, I'm the better person. Let's put me, let me put the certificate onto the wall, as you said. Yeah, no, 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 no. Keeps going every single bloody day, guys. Every single bloody day. And, and it's not as hard every day. Mm. So that's the thing is, you know, you, you got centered and grounded and everything flowed, right? There's a lot of resistance. Sometimes we do it. Sometimes the universe does it for us. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you said a couple of things. Um, one of the things I changed my language to is I use, I get to, instead of, I have to, oh my gosh, I have to go to work. Uh, no, I get to go to work. I get to feel pissed off. I get to feel angry. I get to feel and express that, you know, I, that's, that's something. And again, it doesn't always work, but there's something about it. The fact that it's a privilege, yeah. um, especially now I connect to that very deeply because so many people have lost loved ones and they don't get to do these things that I'm not thrilled about doing on a certain day or every day. Um, you know, that that's helpful to me is just to change the word I get to. There are people who don't, but I get to. Mm. Um, and you also mentioned about like, there being a direct causal relationship between some bad things happening and you feeling sad. Well, fuck, yeah, okay. But that doesn't mean it's not depressing or couldn't move to depression. <laughs> you know, there's, there's this piece where like, okay, well, I have a reason to feel bad. Well. Most of the time I don't when I'm depressed, but that's me. But it's staying in that, that depressed mood for long enough that it's impacting you. That's depression. You know, that's how I see it. That's how I would define it. And when the things you normally do don't work again, that's depression often, you know, that's, or, you know, that's when you have to dig a little deeper into the, the tool bag. And um, you mentioned about 2021. And I've been feeling this all over the place and I'm, I'm an empath and I have, you know, I don't know what everybody believes in, but I have the ability to like, when people are near me without even trying, it's my energy, they feel better. Um, you know, they feel whatever it is. And I've been told this my whole life. And so I've always assumed it to be my personality, but as I grow more and, and think of this universal energy that we're all feeding off of, that we can all feed into, um, that it's, there's something about the way my energy flows that makes people comfortable and it makes them feel better. So, um, but I've been hearing from a lot of people that like February has been the month that knocked them down. It finished them off. It, you know, 
however well they were doing before, however they were holding on, like February was the one that came in and kicked them in the teeth. Mm. And I think in part, you know, we were all excited. Like you said, it's a new year. It's 2021. And, you know, we held out that hope in January and there were things going on. I mean, you know, here in the United States, we had, you know, the inauguration and things were really getting infused with different energy. And then February came around. And all that stuff kept going. It just stayed there. You know, this, this 2021 did not show up as we had expected. We, this was not in the brochure. You know, when we booked this trip. Exactly. exactly. And I think that really pulled the rug out from, for me too. I've, in the last two weeks, I've been talking about it more and more. Like I'm exhausted. Like I'm exhausted and I can pull my energy together for something like this because this does feed my energy. Um, and, and so I'm lucky to have those things, but there's times in my day where I have to put myself down or I'm going to fall down. That's the feeling. Like you just need to, you just need to put your body down somewhere in a chair, the bed floor. I don't care. You need to put yourself down before you fall down because that's, what's going to happen. You know, I, um, I do other shows, um, on a regular basis. So I guest and do stuff like this, which I love. And I get to meet new people and expose, you know, myself to audiences that I wouldn't have other otherwise reached, which is a privilege. Again, thank you for allowing me. I get to do that, which is so cool. Um, but my shows give me energy. So there's two shows that I do that I'm pretty much behind the scenes for. And those happen on Wednesday and Saturday and they're what's good Wednesday and shout out Saturday, which if you need good energy, these are the shows to go to. Like it's all about positive vibes and Brian Shulman's amazing and his guests are his audience. You, he brings you into the green room live and you get to share your positivity. Shout out to someone who made a difference. Um, what's good. Tell something what's good. And then we do a little social dis dancing, which is fun. Um, and so that infuses me every week. And then in the last two weeks, the universe has delivered to me two more platforms, two additional platforms for me to be telling my story or at least my experience and hopefully normalizing it for some people out there and having these difficult conversations and, and getting people willing to sit in the discomfort for a little bit longer. So Thursday nights at five 30 California time, we have a show called the Island of Misfit Toys. And it is a group of people who kind of, yeah, we may have started off going with the grain or never were going with the grain. And now we're not, you know, I'm, I'm, having conversations about sexual abuse with people and, you know, I'm making people uncomfortable. I know I am. And I'm not apologizing for that. So we have this Island of Misfit Toys and we talk about all sorts of things, anything, anything and everything. It's like having a media group of friends for dinner after work. And that lifts my energy too, right? So unburdening some of the stuff we're all carrying, sharing it with the group. And, and of course, the, the feedbacks we, we get in the comments, you know, these are live shows. So you're constantly getting people like, yes, that's great. I, I relate. I can totally hear what you're saying. And you know that you're helping people. And then the other show, and I'm not meaning to plug myself, but I am. These are places where you can come and get positivity and practice your gratitude. And the communities around these shows are very positive and they're great places to collect energy. Um, is a show called Connected Human Conversations. And it's on Sunday evenings. It's usually at six or seven California time. We're still playing with that one. It's brand new. We had our first episode actually last week and it was born out of a conversation that I was having with my co-host, Mike Paterano. Um, And he goes, we should be live right now. We should be sharing this with everyone. I mean, it's literally how it happened. Literally how it happened. So in terms of ways to find the positive when you're going through the bad, I get to. Reached out to people. Sometimes that's real hard. So show up in the comments. I have made so many great connections from showing up in the comments of people's shows. 
you know, we can't maybe physically surround ourselves with people who are like-minded and like energied, but we can find them out there. Um, and I can attest to that because getting on LinkedIn, this community showed up, this community arrived for me that I would never have imagined. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's a community that gives for the sake of giving. And they're supportive and amazing. So, you know, when those things stop working back to depression, I know, you know, when I'm still doing those things and feeling exhausted, I know there's something going on with me. Um, and again, I don't have to have a reason why sometimes you do. And just because you do, doesn't mean you can't be depressed. And sometimes you don't. And that also doesn't mean you can't be depressed. You know, there's, there's a wide range of reasons that people feel this way. Um, and just giving ourselves permission to feel that way, to be human. I mean, let's, let's start there. How, how do we, how do we live as a human? Well, there's a whole lot of messy in being a human. So why aren't we embracing that? And where does this notion come from that we are always have to be happy, that we always have to be this picture perfect, um, I don't even have a name for that, this illusion, this yeah, illusion of, of, of weirdness. It is, there are moments in life when we are truly, truly happy, when we feel the serenity, when we are all that. And with practice, you can increase these moments, but these, these are moments. Mm -hmm. In order for them to be so beautiful, there must also be moments that are not beautiful. There must be also ordinary times. You can't always bounce around at the top of your energy because guess what? If you're trying to do that, A, you become a failure, a self-made failure, because it's just, there's there's an elastance in that. Yes, you want to be up there. Wow, this is cool. This is, this is where the good feeling happens. But guess what? Your system is designed for you to be down here. That is where you are supposed to be, where your center is. So therefore... Allow yourself, strive to be there, enjoy the moment on the pinnacle, and then let yourself come back down and accept that this is normal. Yeah. Okay. It's not every day, not every second, you will be jumping with joy and shouted from the rooftops. It's impossible that you can keep this life. This is a this is a bloody advertisement for uh, you pluck in whatever you want to advertise here. But it, it no, this is not this is not the official world. The real world, the real you is not designed to be there. It's neither designed to be down there in the depth of the abyss. You will be there, but just as much. Your system wants to draw you back. And sometimes we don't let it. Sometimes we only focus on the, on the pity party down there. And some of us pitch their tent down there. And that's not good. That's not right. No, don't do it. But so for that, you need you need that human connection. And what you are doing here, Nancy, you talking to me, what you have given me already today is a grounding that is amazing. Because the moment I spell things out, give you these 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 pictures with which you can maybe rethink your life, it's the same what happens actually in me. I'm reminding my brain on, huh, okay, I can't always be there. And at the moment, I'm a bit down there. Well, okay, my body actually doesn't want to be there, my mind, my soul, my spirits. They don't want to be there. They, they, they really want to play level, keel, even keel kind of thing. So, and 
that realization already has brought me quite a bit back up here. So I have already changed by talking, by being honest, by being open, by showing integrity, by showing integrity to show up. This morning, I didn't want to do this interview. I was a bit crumpy. I was a bit tired. I was a bit, mm, um, but I showed up for my life. I'm so grateful that I did because I've got these beautiful moments with you, Nancy, to, to, to just explore. And I feel this energy stretching itself in my chest, this, this, this ball of energy becoming wider and bigger. And, and there it is. I'm coming back out of like, like a Polaris missile, maybe not as fast, but <laughs> a slow Polaris missile gently coming to the surface. And I'm back to where I'm supposed to be. For that, I'm internally grateful. And maybe that is the, 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 the key message that we guys need to accept out there and that you guys can maybe can maybe see right now, whatever it is, it, whatever is happening, it is it will get better because the system is designed to be there. Whatever shit is happening at the moment, deal with it. Deal with it and as good as you can. This is survival down there. And then take the necessary steps to get back to the level that you want to be. Yeah, I think it, it's hugely important. Two quick things, sorry. Um, I call that the energy snowball effect, by the way, where it keeps growing and expanding and expanding and expanding. You know, you get on that. that it's an energy snowball. That's what it is. And it, it's, it is, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. The other thing I want to acknowledge is we're talking about being there and wanting to be at center and digging ourselves out and using our tools and all of that. And sometimes the efficacy is, is fantastic. And sometimes it's not, but I also recognize that my brain chemistry because of my trauma for the length of time that I sustained it and what I went through, my brain chemistry struggles to keep me even, even here. I, I tend to live about here and then here, you know, way down. So I, I take medication on a daily basis. I haven't always, there's periods of time that I take nothing and there's periods of time that I come back to it because I get to a place where all of my tools are not working. Oh, exactly. You know, all of the tools besides medication are not working. Then I turn to medication and I know there's so much stigma about that. Um, but if I was diabetic and I took insulin, nobody would snicker, judge, or, you know, do anything <laughs> negative about it. So, you know, for everyone out there that is either on medication or is considering medication, this is not, I mean, it shouldn't be the taboo that it sometimes is taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, balancing out your brain, your chemicals that gives you a fighting chance. I mean, there are people that really need that. Their brain chemistry, they're not going to produce the chemicals and the amounts they need to ever feel, you know, that even keeled and, and get the experience of the moments, whether it's a you know moment to moment throughout your day of all the different feelings or over the course of several days um, that don't feel that without first getting to, like you said, that level playing field. And I think that's just really important because I talk a lot about the stuff that I do now, but it's just as important to um, recognize that I do take medication and that if you have a trauma brain and you're struggling to find a good medication, you're not alone. So there's, you know, the depression that I experience and the chemical imbalance or the chemical difference that I experience is in part to that staying in that fight or flight for so long and the adrenal system, you know, going and going and going and working on nothing and the changes in my brain. 
trauma changes your brain. And so for me, yes, I've done the work to try and make different pathways and, and create different habits. And I've been successful in that, but I can't change my chemistry so easily. So there are options for that as well. And it's beautiful that you say that. And But again, there are, as doctors, we see so many, so many people being on antidepressants. And there are people who say, come on, this is, can't be. Why is every middle-aged woman nowadays on depressant, antidepressant, shall I say? And uh, to a certain degree, I can accept that question, yet maybe we should ask a different question. Why is there so much trauma out there? And why are so few people on the right medications? And maybe we should ask the things that are way around. I think I want to make a, a, a shout out there for everyone out there to understand that the work that Nancy has been doing throughout her life to become the woman she is now, the work that I have been doing certainly in the last seven years since I went to rehab and then every day from then on, that's huge, that is so important. Without that, no medication will work. The medication will just numb you and will, if you, if you don't develop the coping mechanisms, if you don't uh, develop the skills to actually look, uh, take a hard look into the mirror and accept what you see and work on those things, strengthen the good things, throw out the bad things if you can, or accept the bad things for what they are and learn to live with them. Then if you can't do that, no drug will help you in this world because the shit will still be the same. It's just fermenting. It's just as if you had pus somewhere in your body and you try to put a Band-Aid onto that pus, it won't work. You need to drain that pus. The pus needs to come out. But then you still need antibiotics to actually deal with the infection and the inflammation that goes around the pus. So that's the equivalent. Lance that pus, deal with your emotions, learn new coping mechanisms, but also don't shy away from the antibiotic that you need to actually get really on top of it. And that might be three, six, 12 months of an antidepressant. No one says you have to be a lifetime on it. You may be, but you may not be. And it might just be what you need to help yourself out of this really deep, dark hole where you don't see any help. The other thing is you can't just go over the counter and say, um, you know, I take that antidepressant there. Let's see how it works. You need to go to your doctor. And that is really important because when we talk about depression, there are things called secondary depression. So, for example, um, we think depression as a mood disorder, which it is, but there are actually things that can cause depression very effectively. So if uh, if your uh, thyroid gland, that gland here that produces uh, a lot of important bits and, and the thyroid hormones, they regulate so much in your body. Well, if that has gone down the gurgler, if that gland doesn't work, you feel like crap. You have the most beautiful depression mm -hmm. that you can imagine. And guess what? I don't need to, to do ECT. I don't need to give you drugs. You don't need to learn different coping mechanisms. You need to take a tablet every morning with thyroid hormone and surprise, surprise, your depression is gone. So that's what I'm saying. So to actually consider going to your doctor should really be one of the very first things. 
in your mind if you suddenly are hit with persistently low mood and actually say, hey, look, it is the last three months have been awful. Can we have a chat? And he will probably do a, a barrage of tests to check out how your vitamin levels, how is your fire rate, and a number of other things that we know are often enough the reasons for you to be in a bad mood. And you might be amazed how that can change in a heartbeat when you get the right treatment for the underlying problem, which is not the depression. In, in the majority, however, Depression is what it is. It is depression. We don't find a good reason for it. That doesn't mean to say that the sheer fact that you took action to see a GP does not mean you actually start taking control. You are no longer helpless. You're no longer hopeless. You actually made a choice. You took action. You went to your GP or family physician, however you call that person who normally looks after you medically. And that's the most beautiful thing. You took control. That was your choice. You got to do that. You find yourself sitting in the waiting room of the, the uh, of your GP. You did that. Well done. And that's the first little step. It doesn't take oh, huge things. It takes little steps to actually allow us to to move forward. And that is so beautiful. Okay, so big shout out to the to the family physicians and GPs out there. Guys, you're my heroes. I don't know how you do it. My job is so easy as, as, as an anesthetist. I, uh, I just deal with the emergencies. Whenever some shit hits the fan, I know what to do. But you guys out there are there for those times when the world is not so clear, not so black and white as it is in my life. So my heroes. So guys, if you listen to that, first things first, go to your GP, have a good long chat. Because the other thing is they know what the resources are that are around you. Here we are talking about mindfulness, about, you know, you need to go to school to learn about these kind of things. Nowadays, okay, you're lucky with there are more and more courses online. But it doesn't, it's coming nowhere close to you actually sitting down with someone who knows what they're doing, a psychologist, et cetera, who can teach you. So these are all the kind of the, the, the little steps that you can take. And then from there comes another snowball, and another, another, another move. And then the next move comes from that move and et cetera. And by the time you've blinked, there's this avalanche of goodness coming your way and this is powerful. This is gorgeous. This is this is the journey that awaits you if you let us guide you and let us plant that little seed in your head there. And, and if you water it a bit, who knows where this what this is growing into. So life is good. Life is good even when it's bad. That's the hard thing to accept is life is good even when it's bad. And you know, you were talking about secondary conditions. Yes, vitamin D levels. Also, you know, a lot of people have physical symptoms to their depression, pain. A lot of people have pain and insomnia, like things that show up in other ways than just being sad um, or hopeless, um, which I think is important. And one of the things that a therapist had me do is contrary action. So in my day when I'm depressed, one thing that I really don't want to do, don't want to do it all, I do it. I do it. I, that was my, the, my contract with myself. I don't want to, I do one thing and I can sit here and tell you, it has taken me all day to get in the shower. Like I, I've got, I go back and forth in my head. I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, no, you're going to do it. And I decide I'm going to do it. Okay, great. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. 
no. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the whole day's worth of like, oh, come on, you can't let yourself down. You need a shower. You're disgusting. Get in the shower. <laughs> like, you know, and then but it's so much work. So just to relay the reality of being human um, and, and living with depression, it's, it is what it is, you know, it is what it is. And if you can get yourself to do one thing um, that you didn't think you can do in a day and you don't have to take the biggest bite and tackle the biggest you know, monster on your list or climb the highest mountain a shower for me was you know, a win. And you, like you said, it's that proactive piece, taking care of yourself that makes a difference. Um, for sure. Yes. I, I think there are so many parts and pieces to it and the mindfulness, you know, I can't even, we could be here forever talking about it because people experience it differently as well. Um, I had great therapists. I was really lucky. I had three therapists in my life that came in at pivotal times and, and, and sort of played pin the tail on the donkey, but then sent me off in the right direction um so that was one thing and yes the mindful right now there are so many mindful resources that you can access for free and it is something to learn but you could also learn it from somebody else who does it you know that's that's another way because maybe you can't afford the class well you can find the things on youtube and you can find you know google search and you can also ask someone who does it you know uh i one thing i want to say is I hated meditating when I started meditating, hated meditating when I started meditating. It was torturous for me. I could not do it. I couldn't meditate, could not. But that's because the type of meditation that I thought was meditation and the only way to meditate was to clear your mind of everything. My mind does not clear. My mind, <laughs> it may get some spring cleaning, but it does not clear. It's not how I, how I operate. And so I actually, I, I took a free class and one thing that worked for me is meditating in a group helped ground me. That helped me. And I didn't think it would. But this particular teacher did mantra. So when I meditate, when I breathe in, it's Sanskrit. I say, so, and I'm thinking so on my inhale and hum on my exhale. And what it means is I am. So I'm just breathing in. I am. And thoughts come in, other thoughts come in, but I have something to go back to. Huh. And I think those things, like I will thank my brain for reminding me we need milk. Thank you, but that will be there later. Uh-huh. You know, the cats walk through. I don't have a perfect space. I have music. I have a smell. I have a rose quartz uh, stone that I take from the fridge and put it usually against my chest until it warms up. And then it's, I don't feel it, but it gives me a place to focus. It doesn't happen at the same time every day. I don't have a cute little corner. So throw away that idea of what meditating is <laughs> and how to do it. You can do it walking. Yeah, I mean, you can do it all sorts of ways. So I encourage people to find what works for them because I know a lot of people, even myself, had abandoned it because it didn't feel good to me. And I remember at one point, and I started with three minutes and then five minutes, then eight minutes, 12 minutes, 15. And honestly, most days I don't go past 15 minutes but because I can, I can make 15 minutes a promise to myself. And so I feel like I can do it. And I don't feel like I failed. Um, you can make that promise to yourself that you do it four days a week. There's no, your practice is going to look different from everybody else's practice if you're doing it quote unquote right, because it's going to be what works for you. So that's the other thing with uh, meditation and, and, and those tools is we have ideas in our head that have come from places, I mean, that we could 
we can pinpoint, of course, that there is a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it and what meditation is. And I want to encourage everyone to throw that out the window um, because it holds a lot of people back from something that's really a great tool. That's my, so my plug for meditation. Nope, uh, so true. Exactly so true. I uh, recently, about a year and a half or so, I finally got to the bottom of, of some of my symptoms, which are PTSD, essentially. So, and I had this most beautiful, beautiful hypnotherapist uh, who will soon be a, a guest on my show. Are you listening? He will be a guest on my show plant that seed she's still a bit reluctant to do so but what she actually did was free hypnosis sessions with me and the talk that went around it and bang my dreams were gone my my um much of my symptoms were gone and I had this awareness of that this is actually part and parcel of me and why certain things just were the way they were the the hyper the hyper Vigilance, um, yeah. vigilance there things like that and this was beautiful so I, I kept this relationship going she is trying to teach me self-hypnosis and uh, that is wonderful but something somewhere always gets in the way I can't even do her normal relaxation exercises and I consider myself a failure because of that and for a moment I, I hated to go to her um, because she said well how did it go and and I said don't even ask because you know nothing nothing <laughs> my answer how did it go it didn't <laughs> no that's right something like that and she said that's cool I'm really pleased for you um, so now your homework is to do the exercises imperfectly and I said what do you mean she said I want you to do the exercises but fail every single time please um if it just just do it completely imperfectly and we'll do that and i said what uh and then i understood what she was actually saying show up for yourself don't just say no i can't do it i've tried it i don't know how many times and now i'm, I'm running away from it no show up to your life and just give it a shot give it a go and see where that leads you and soon out of the imperfect will become a sort of okay, will become an okay, will become, fuck, I'm good at that. Um, I look and, forward to meditating now. I never thought there was like one day I'm like, oh, I have to meditate. Yeah. I think I actually like that. I'm happy. Like, it does. You're right. It comes from like me to okay to something that you value and makes you feel good. I mean, again, I, I didn't like it. I definitely didn't like it. And now it's something I look forward to. And it's hard to be still. It's hard to be still. We don't live in a society where we're supposed to be still and just be with ourselves. I mean, that's not, that's not allowed. We have a TV, we have a phone, we have a tablet, we have games, we have, you know, uh, people, we have all sorts of things. We don't sit still, we sit still, you know? And so acknowledging that, that's the hard thing too. That was really hard for me. When I got divorced, I realized I had never lived alone. I had always had roommates in college and then I met my ex-husband and we got married and we were living together. And so being alone was a skill I had to cultivate. And, you know, the conclusion I came to was doing nothing with someone makes it something. So the same things that I was doing when I was married somehow were, were I was doing something. But now that I was doing it alone, I was doing nothing. And so coming to that realization, you know, and just being like, okay, Let's reframe this, but also really learning the skill of being alone. It's not easy. Um, 
you know, you were saying for you, the hypnosis work for me, EMDR was amazing. Um, and lots of people have tried it and don't get it or don't like it or whatever. But for me, it was amazing. I, I had a journey of, of healing my mind and my body and my soul, my body kept holding on to things. And my, my mind had created the separation between logic and emotion. And as scary as it was to go into it, I needed those things to connect again. I needed those things to connect again so that I could process the things I needed to process and sit with them and cry over them. Um, and then tell them, thank you and throw them a retirement party. I say this all the time. They got a retirement party. They got the pen with their name engraved on it. Like, thank you so much for your service. You've been a great asset. You know, like, <laughs> if we need you, if we need you, we'll call you, you know, that's, that's the, that's the Nancy version of doing all this. Um, I tend to make things kind of fun for myself and, yeah. and really vivid visually so that I can see like, Hey, here's your pen. Here's your name. You've, you've been great. Um, to allow those things to go on vacation and retire. I had to meet them. I had to be aware of them. And then there were other things that just were really beautiful connections where I was missing the moments in color. I was in the moments in black and white. And I was shocked at how this worked because I'm better than every therapist out there. I've been doing this since I'm 16 years old. And I, I go in and I, I say, you've got to be better at this than I am. Like, you know, this is, this is kind of thing. Like, don't watch me wander around to find something. Just, just tell me, tell me what you see kind of thing. So I did this with the therapist and I was crying, like ugly crying, like down here, like tissue. I had the snot over my face, like not enough tissues in the box. Like it was it was one of those things that I would have loved to have hid my face, but I had the pulsers in my hands. So I couldn't, I couldn't even blow my nose and stuff. So you just let it flow, literally just let it all flow. And it was a mess um, and was overwhelmed and hurting. And at the end of the session, as EMDR therapists will do, they help you put it back in the box, like safely put it back in the box so that you can go about your week or whatever it is. till you come back to therapy and then we can go back to it. Um, and this was something that I didn't think I had a lot of emotion about. I did not think I had a lot of emotion around it. And clearly I did. And so the next week when I was going to see her, I was in that, I'll just, I'll cancel. I'll just, I'll cancel. It'll be fine. It'll, I'll, maybe we can do a phone session. Then I don't have to do EMG. You know, the, the incredible conversations that go <laughs> through my head, um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So if you're out there listening, yes. So the, the mental gymnastics of avoiding therapy, that's a whole nother talk. Um, so we, uh, I, I get there, I make myself go because I get to go and we go to open it up again. And we're doing the EMDR, which is the pulsers in both my hands. People do it differently, but it's that bilateral stimulation of your brain. Um, and we open it up again. We start looking at it. Hmm. Huh. Nope. And it was okay. It didn't come back a second time. How Being, cool is that? Yes. And it's not everything doesn't resolve in one session, but this thing that I thought I had no emotional baggage with that was a torrent of emotion um, got processed during that time. And over the course of the weekend, I came back to it and it wasn't killing me. And the beauty part of that to me, and you don't have to do it through EMDR. You can do it like however it works um, is now when I look at the story of my life, I can turn pages without pain. I can just look at the story page by page 
And I don't have that pain. I don't have that strong emotional connection to it that was tying me to it in sense of like a rock around my ankle. I could only get so far from it because I was tethered. And so now that I can turn the pages of the book of my life, thinking of what I've been through hmm. and it really just be my story well, um, is, is hugely powerful. Um, I, and that's, I've so, been that's so beautiful to hear because here we are, the EMDR, it was just something that I have never been exposed to and I had my own thoughts, but again, this was sort of, as a doctor, I knew what it was, but yeah, so what? Um, to hear you expressing the power that it gave you, the power to let something go that has been tormenting you for such a long time. Wow. I mean, what, what, that is the biggest gift that someone can give you to let you experience that letting go sensation. And, and I just want to add one thing, because this is that don't give up show for yourself. Probably 10 years earlier, I tried it and it didn't work. <laughs> I, whatever about it I wasn't ready or whatever it was it didn't work and then so when it came back around I was rolling my eyes at it but I thought you know what I'm I'm not uh making so much headway on my own yeah. who am I to say no to something that right. I can try and so again it worked in ways I could not have imagined and I had tried it before and it didn't work so Remaining open hmm. to trying things again, or, you know, I don't know. How, I don't even know exactly what I want to say about it, except for I was, I was able and willing to come back to it. And it ended up being such a powerful tool for me. Um, <laughs> exactly. Right? Show up. And even if you think that, oh God, no, I won't do, uh, you haven't, you don't know what will happen. Hmm. It is, I had uh, many months ago, I had uh, a lovely guest on my show, CQ who was a soldier uh, and a, a, a type A male man until basically he was on the receiving end of some metal uh, in his body and his life changed forever. And he went through some very, very, very dark times with his PTSD and depression. And yet down the line, he uh, finally agreed to let other veterans drag him along uh, to whatever it was. Hey, today we're doing some golf. Do you want to come along? Why not? We need golf. And yeah, okay, we did golf. And then there was this comedy course. And they said, hey, we're learning how to do comedy. Do you want to come along? Oh, why not? He went along. Nowadays, he's a comedian. Okay, so he has reinvented himself. Why? Because he had the willingness to show up for himself. He had no idea where that would go, but the sheer fact that he jumped over his shadow and let others help him and not help, drag him along. That's probably yeah. the right way. Yeah, and expose um, him to things and, mm -hmm. and yeah. And I think that is the same for you guys out there. You, you have gone through your own set of trauma because every, every person is unique. Yet at the same token, we all have these these unique circumstances. And guess what? When you boil it down, you might find so many others who have actually similar trauma to you. Different story. It's amazing but, when you talk how many people you can connect with over this. Um, and I cut you off. The other thing that I wanted to say, sorry, is that, mm -hmm. um, you know, that showing up for yourself. My mindset 
at some point became, what do I have to lose? If I'm feeling like complete shit and I don't want tomorrow to come. So what's the worst that happens by doing EMDR? Nothing. I'm right back where I started. What, what, you know, at some point it was like, listen, the conversation with, listen, bitch, you don't know everything. You know, you know, do you, is this, is this what you want to live? Is this how you want to live? Or do you want to try something? You know, like I have great conversations in my head. Um, and that was sort of the thing is I didn't have anything to lose. I was at as low as I thought I was ever going to get yeah. again, you know, um, and struggling with things. So, yeah. So I spent an hour of time, 50 minutes of time and, and, and got to come home and get back in bed, be exactly where I was. And so I think that's really hard because when we're in that dark place, it's hard to motivate ourselves. It's hard to see that something might help. Um, but that's that contrary action. You never know which step it's going to be that actually starts that energy snowball going, you know, it really. Um, and I want to encourage your audience to connect with me, please, please, please. And if, if you do on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, just put a note that it was, they met me through you and the show so that I know that. Um, and you know, anything they want to talk about, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open. <laughs> Um, and I welcome connecting with people. So yes, please. I appreciate them having me as well and, and would love to hear from them. So I just want to make sure I don't forget to say that. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and guys, uh, look down there into the description of the video and of the podcast. You have all of Nancy's link uh, links, social media links and LinkedIn, etc. down there. So this is so important that you go out there and use these opportunities what have you got to lose truly hand hand on out what could possibly go wrong one thing that might come up yes there might be temporary pain because remember you have got that that to uh, that that uh plaster on your on your pus when you rip that plaster off it will hurt so I can give you that. The moment you start exposing yourself and the moment you talk about your emotions, uh, for many of us, that is the hardest thing ever, ever, ever. But once you've started doing it, there's virtually no going back because you actually learn how beautiful that can be. And so please, 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 what have you got to lose? This is your life. The past does not equal the future. The past was the past. You survived. You somehow got through there. You did things that you're not proud of. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Shit. Welcome to the club. That's all I can say. Um, but this is not a contest, okay? So no, that's, that's the other thing with trauma. We measure trauma. It's so funny that you said that because going through my mind is like, well, somebody's going to be listening to this and like, wow, she was sexually abused for 16 years by her grandfather. I was just, stop yourself right there. Hmm. No, there is no just I was just that is not a thing at all and I will tell you why because trauma occurs when the system is overwhelmed many different things can overwhelm the system but what is universal is how our brains and bodies respond to trauma mm. so it does not matter it's as it's perceived is overwhelming the system, the same thing's going to happen. And sure, things change because it went on a long time or, you know, whatever. Um, but do not, when you're thinking of my story, if you can do one thing, one thing for me, do not compare and think yours is less than. Beautifully said and so important. Key message here, because each trauma 
is unique and it is it can be it can be deemed insignificant if you were to compare it but it's the response to you it's the way it made you feel it's the way that the flow and effects that are that are messing with your head that are so important you need to untangle that mess and it doesn't matter what the original insult was or insults uh, the original traumas it is what it is and it's now time to deal with whatever it was whatever the flow and effects are and to deal with who you are now are you right now the best person that you can possibly be if this was the case you wouldn't listen to that podcast you wouldn't watch that that video so right now you have identified damn something is not right you felt you felt so uncomfortable that you actually took action and looking out on the internet for for places like this which is great fantastic you've taken action you have you have felt uncomfortable enough to 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 do something about it and that's the start that's the journey that's beautiful that's where where action starts that's where where you you start a dream that then becomes a vision because you actually are looking at this new life that you want to live and you actually want to map it out you want to say well i want to feel like that i want to be like that etc so dream vision which then becomes a mission and that means that you actually now put plans into place and, and steps into place to get there and then from that mission suddenly you are on that path and you look back after a few days a few weeks a few months and you think bloody hell I did tiny amounts and look how far I've come. And that is, that is again and again and again, every single guest I had on my show, that was their experience. Regardless if it was sexual abuse, if it was PTSD, depression, it does not matter what it was, it is always the same. Changing your habits, micro habits, and doing little steps consistently in the right direction, and suddenly you find yourself living a life that you would have never, ever imagined. And that life would have never materialized had you not gone through that trauma, had you not been in that uncomfortable space. And that is the beautiful thing. So we're coming full circle to what Nancy said. It is you get to experience what you are experiencing right now. And maybe philosophically you could say it happens for a reason you're you are now on a mission to make life better for others by speaking out by being honest by opening up and this is the most powerful powerful place to be in to give back so you've completely changed from victim to victor to now messenger I don't want to say Messiah because that's religious connotation, but it is, it is, you know, you change, you change, you have suddenly a message that you get to amplify. Exactly. You and that is, and that is where we are. That is what Nancy is doing here. I mean, we've, we've spent what, two hours together and if we, we, we could go now for another two hours because that's us. That's us it to a, to a natural because we have had that revelation. We have had, we have seen these energy flows within us and we have seen how far we have come from places where we both felt hopeless and helpless. 
And this is such a powerful thing. And I invite you guys out there, come onto that trip, come onto that journey, because it is not something that is secret to me or secret to Nancy. No, we here we are shouting it from the rooftops. These are the ways that we did it. And we don't want to keep it secret. No. We're not like, haha, we figured it out. Look at them. They don't know yet. Mm. I want to tell as many people as possible <laughs> about my experience and what worked for me. Like that's my there's abundance. There's room for us all to feel fantastic. There's we're not going to run out of happy and love and excitement and joy. There's room for all of us. So, you know, please join us. Take the things that I've learned, create your own and put them back out there for someone else to move exactly. forward with as a tool. Um I <laughs> That's, that's, yeah, amplify abundance very important to me that's it you're an absolute gorgeous woman and uh it is so beautiful to feel your energy which comes from deeply from from pain and uh, to see the the phoenix that has arisen out of the ashes in your in your case it, it's just put a huge smile on my face and i'm humbled and honored that you were today that you spent the time with me and, and and with my 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 viewers and listeners um i'm so grateful so nancy thank you so much for being on my show i am so much love <laughs> for the people who i meet and connect with and are having honest conversations mm -hmm. and changing the world um i i have put it out there i want to be known as the woman who changed the narrative on sexual abuse mm -hmm. it's not that i want to Sorry. I expect to. So I try to use different words. I don't use want, need, like they, they come out, wish, hope. Um, it's I expect, I desire, you know, those kinds of words, you know, I intend. So I intend to be known as the woman who changed the narrative on sexual abuse. That's, that's it. Simple as that. Simple as that. <laughs> so as thank you. As a parting gift, um, <laughs> I need to ask you, if you were to be able to send a message back in time to your younger self, what would you send back? It's so funny because in a weird way, I expected it to be like, tell someone, right? But I, as much as I want to spare her that pain, Everything I went through brought me to today and what I'm doing, I love, I'm passionate about and who I am. I've come to a place in my life where I like who I am. So I guess what I would want to tell her is that she's beautiful and perfect in every way. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Bloody hell. <laughs> we need to stop that interview because soon I get a bit of dust in my eyes and there's probably... <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right, exactly. Allergies. Allergies. Yeah. Allergies. That's right. <laughs> oh, no, it is what it is because it is what it is. It's and like, honestly, I have ugly cried on camera. I have ugly <laughs> cried during shows. I, have, I mean, yeah. It, tears are cleansing. Tears make room for other things. When they, when they, when they flow out of us, they make room for other things. And that applies for you boys out there too, okay? Oh, yeah. Let's not be why do boys not, why do we think that boys are so like, they don't have insecurities and they don't have feelings? It's, that's completely <laughs> bullshit. Like you're not, I know we're different, but we're like, 
Yeah. <laughs> and that is the work that we need to do. And I guess to a certain degree, that's why I'm here as well. But if you look at my interviews, what is it now? This is your interview 140 something. Of these 140, there's probably a dozen boys and the rest is girls. Okay, so... I have someone the, for you to have on. Okay. Michael Thank Paterano. you. Michael Paterano is a man who is on a mission also to say, listen, I'll cry. I'll be honest. I'll tell you what's going on with me. And, and as a single woman, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate that because in the dating world, I have said too many times, what are we doing to our men? Yeah. What are we doing to our men? You need healthy masculinity. And as part of masculinity, um, there is also the insight and the negative emotions and being uh, being man enough to allow yourself to have bad days and you don't have uh, exactly own them and don't drown them in the alcohol. Don't numb them with the injectables or whatever ever kind of other addictive uh, behavior you want to you want to do to to stop the pain, but actually deal with the pain. Take it as a man. And that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean, you know, being able to to have a whole bottle of whiskey and yeah, listen to comfort Sorry, songs. Sorry, but taking it, taking it like a man would be being vulnerable, mm-hmm. being Thank angry, you. being exactly. sad, mm-hmm. being confused, being hurt. I mean, take it like a man is, you know, the, the biggest is- strength is in our ability to be vulnerable. That's the strength. So if you want to exactly. be a man, then allow yourself to be vulnerable. There's your strength. See, Nancy, I think, I think we, we, we do probably, we need to do a monthly interview, don't we? Because we have got so much to talk about. <laughs> oh, have to sign me up to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tell me when to show up. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> and maybe that is actually something that we should take into consideration. You are a beautiful co-host and we have got so much to talk about. Thank but you. I think we'll talk about that after this interview. And first of all, Nancy, again, so thank you very, so much. And for you guys out there, look after yourself. We have talked such beautiful things today about coping mechanisms and about all these kind of things. And and they all derive from trauma. So embrace the suck, as uh, as many special forces uh, people would say. And uh, for us, I guess, in our life, embrace the suck because it then leads us to the those beautiful moments like like this morning i had here with nancy guys look after yourself stay strong you can do it bye